So it looks like we might be live. Well, I might be live. I am live. Good. Uh, this is Victoria with Dream Dogs, and I have uh, something neat today for you guys. Ooh, we actually, with the shared screen, yeah, you guys got to get a little closer. With me, I have a couple friends, well, three friends up in the panhandle of Florida. So if you guys know how Florida kind of goes down, the panhandle's that little part up there that's like a panhandle. Um, <laughs> many states have panhandles, and Florida's is where these girls are. So, hi. Hi. Uh, why don't you guys go ahead through and introduce yourself and where you're from. Hi, I'm Megan Mason. I'm a trainer with Infinity K9 and Tech. Um, I am originally from Mississippi, but I live here in Florida now. Hey, I'm Casey. I'm originally from Pennsylvania. Um, I'm a uh, trainer with Infinity K9 as well. Um, and now I live in Crestview, Florida. <laughs> Following along with them, I'm Anna Thompson, and I am a trainer with Infinity K9, as well as I have a business called A&J Pet Services here in the Panhandle, and we all kind of work together with everything. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. I love that you guys all work together. And did I see right that you're adding someone else to your team? <laughs> She's a newbie. Okay. Oh, yeah. So she was a new pet sitter, but yeah. She's going to be a new pet sitter. <laughs> and we are also adding Ashley, and she'll be covering the Navari, Milton, Pensacola, and Gulf Breeze area. Okay. Okay, perfect. Yeah. That's wonderful. Crazy things are going on. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's always good. We have, um, we actually just, uh, Karen uh, Lawson up in Canada, she was uh, past president of IACP. She reached out to me last night. So we have somebody, hopefully uh, everything will work out. He'll be joining our team as a an apprentice trainer. Uh, his name's Brian. He's from Gainesville here. So it's really close by. Um, his goal, his hope, his dream is to open a nonprofit um, to help veterans train up their you know PTSD dogs. So oh. we get to meet up with him after Thanksgiving. We're meeting up next week. So it's just good things all the way around. Good thing. Perfect. So um, we met, I met up with Casey and with Anna up, gosh, it was at the beginning of last month up in North Carolina uh, mm -hmm. for at Marina Azuna's um, Movement Markers Workshop, which was amazing. So if you guys are interested in how to help your dogs to be all they can be, you have to go to Marina's workshop and she's coming up by you guys yeah we're going again yes we of are course. <laughs> awesome yeah that's whatever you guys announced well whenever they announced the date uh i checked the calendar of course and it is like a week after we get back from gold school but gold school might be extended and we don't know if they're going to put it a week ahead or a week behind and do two no. of them because we had so many people who were interested so i'm kind of like you know, I want to go, but I also know, you know, I need to decompress afterwards and take everything in. So I said, I'd love to go, but I can't make that commitment yet until I know more about Gold School. Mm -hmm. I can at least come up and visit us. We're <laughs> going to <laughs> That's got to happen. Yeah, I've got some things I need to do. Um, one of them is going to be going to uh, visit my friend out near Valdosta. So it's kind of, it's like halfway to you. Oh, <laughs> So one of the things we wanted to talk about today is how to choose the right trainer. 
uh, not only for you, but you know, for your business as well, because you guys are growing and expanding. So I did want to talk to you, surprise, on the business end of it too. Uh, <laughs> we had been talking about this for a while, and I, I don't like to freak people out too much. But as you see, it's just a conversation back and forth. We've got some some highs, and Portia says we're all amazing people. So see. Uh, so Casey, this was um, Infinity was originally your business, and it was, it was. just you. You were Infinity. <laughs> and and what happened? Who did you meet first? I met Megan first. Um, funny stories. So um, we have also an evaluator with us that does all of our free evaluations for anybody that's thinking about training but not really sure about it. Um, they have the opportunity to meet with our evaluator. She talks them about our packages, our prices, what we do, how we do it. And they can choose from that point kind of are we the right person for them or do they kind of want to go a different a different route. Um, so as things kind of started to grow and expand and I was taking on client after client after client, and I think I got to like client number eight, you know, and I'm like, whew, I am burnt. And so I started looking for, you know, like an apprentice trainer, you know, to bring in and kind of help me out. And Pat and I, which is my evaluator, we go to the same vet clinic and she goes into the vet clinic with one of her dogs and she tells me I met the craziest lady today. And I was like, did you? And she goes, yeah, this lady has four Belgian Malinois. And I'm like, no, you're lying. I'm like, that's not possible. There's nobody on this planet that's that crazy, right? <laughs> and no crap, she has four Belgian Malinois. Okay. <laughs> so of course, I was like, we have to, you know, try this out. Um, and then Anna, she actually put up a post looking for just other um, people in the area that were pet professionals because she owned her pet sitting business mm -hmm. and she was just looking to connect with people. Of course I reached out to her and I was like, Hey, let's, let's chat. You know, she has two Aussies. So you gotta be some type of something to have two Aussies, <laughs> you know? And, uh, so it was really cool. We hit it off immediately and she's actually the one that's been really kind of, well, both of these guys actually have really been helping me grow as not, not only as a trainer, but as a business owner, um, Megan's actually a psychology major and she's a marketing major. So, I mean, just the wealth of knowledge that we have, <laughs> is like, you know, so it's been really, really awesome. And then, um, Ashley, our newest trainer who couldn't be here today, she actually lives an hour away. Um, she is going to be taking kind of the hour away people so that we're not driving all the way over there anymore. Um, and she was actually a former client of mine who reached out to me and was like, Hey, I was wondering if you had any apprenticeships available. <laughs> I was like, isn't that the best way? That's how I've got most, all my good trainers I got because they were clients first. Yeah. And we've had a couple who weren't that we just kind of like met and we're like, let's try this. Um, or, you know, like they came to me, like, are you hiring? But my best ones who, you know, who took to it, who listened, who who did amazing, they all started as, as clients first, which is great. That's what you want, you know, because yeah. they kind of know you, they kind of know your system and they're used to listening to you. <laughs> that helps. Yeah. Um, neither one of these guys had real like big training background before, which is also kind of what I was looking for because I wanted to be able like consistency is a big thing for me. Like I don't want, you know. Anna training something different than how I would train it, you know, like totally different methods and everything. Like, of course, we all have our own flair that we add to it, mm -hmm. but the fundamental yeah. foundational training is all the same. Good, good. Yeah. And I think that's important. And, um, you know, we had a trainer who really liked the clicker stuff. So she would do her her take on the clicker stuff, which isn't the Nipopo way. My way is a lot easier, a lot nicer. <laughs> 
Uh, so, you know, if we had somebody who really just wanted to go all posy, I don't want to deal with them. So I'm like, have fun. Uh, so that nice. And you do have to play to the strength. So I love that you guys have that, uh, you know, the business, the marketing, the, the psychology, because you need all of that uh, for, you know, being successful in business, period. And that's um, we have our nonprofit hope and we were at the bank yesterday trying to open up accounts. And as she's telling me this stuff, I said, we're not business like major people. We're like dog trainers that like just happen to run a really good business. Uh, so, you know, don't talk to me about all this, like keep it simple, like talk to me like I'm stupid and it makes it a lot easier. Um, I agree. <laughs> right. and, and you know what? I tell people that and sometimes they're, you know, like, you actually said that I'm like, dude, like, don't talk to me like I'm a business part, like business major. Cause yes, I have, you know, I have it, but that's not what I went to school for. Yeah. You know, that's not what I talk. Just like whenever I talk to most clients, I don't talk to them about the quadrants and classical conditioning and operant conditioning and all that. Like I try to keep it as simple as I can because it's a lot for them to take in. And whenever I'm on the other side of it, if I'm learning something new, like, you know, dog or whatever, we, I need to just keep it simple and, you know, provide them with the homework and all that stuff just because I know how mind blowing things can be. So I love that. And you guys do seem to work out really well together, which is great. And I love that none of you are native from Florida. <laughs> Not one. Ohio. <laughs> I think we're north, right? Right? I'm the only southerner here. Yeah, for both of us, at least. We're both northern. <laughs> yeah. Crazy how it happens, right? You know, it is. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, Florida, I don't think has that many people who are native to Florida and who stay here because people who are born here are like, I bet winter's fun and I'm going to go up north. And we just laugh at them because we're like, yeah, we were up there and it wasn't fun. Uh, so we've been here for how many years now? 13, 14 years right now, I think. So I tell people I'm basically a native Floridian because, you know, it's been 14 years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Almost everybody we know is actually not from Florida because of the military community that we primarily service. They're yeah. from all over the place. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's one of the nice things. So when we were in Gainesville, we had that same thing going on. And now that we're near the villages, yeah, everyone's from up North. <laughs> like they yeah. people travel from like Texas over, they just travel up North and down. <laughs> so um, also with choosing the right trainer, which is our topic tonight, uh, now, you all do service dog training as well, and you do pet dog training and behavior mod. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to talk about what people should look for in choosing the right trainer, because it can be very overwhelming. I don't know how many people I've spoken with, oh gosh, just in the last week, who you know have a lot of questions about it, uh, who don't know you know, what to do, what the right questions are to ask for a trainer. Um, Oh, who was it? Somebody put out, I want to say it's some vet thing had put out years ago uh, that you want to ask your potential trainer, you know, these questions. You want to make sure that they're force free and positive only. You want to make sure that it's always going to be training with you there. So you know that they're not going to go and hang your dog in the back because that's what everybody loves to do. Uh, you know, that the, they all these silly things and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, are you like, make sure that they've dealt with your breed before, make sure that they've dealt with your breed and those issues before, because if you're dealing with a Chihuahua who has aggression, it's totally different from a Jack Russell who has aggression. And it's just so funny and so silly how this, 
happens, you know, that people have all these silly thoughts in their head about what constitutes a right trainer. So what do you tell your clients? What do your clients tell you about how to choose the right trainer? Um, I think like what's important for us is like figuring out like, do you connect with that trainer? Like, because this is something that you're going to be working with over the course of a few months. So I think it's important for people to understand that like, you know, the training style, the methodology that's used, do you connect with that person? Do you connect with that type of training? You know, are you more of like, yeah, we like clickers or nah, the sound kind of drives me crazy, right? Um, you know, do you want to use more? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, you know, like, are you looking more for like just basic relationship building training? Like do you have a couple things that you just need fixed and that would be good for like a few sessions or do you want something more in depth, more involved where you're building that relationship, but also building the obedience side of it as well. Um, what do you guys think? What do you think? For me, I look at flexibility and location. You know, a lot of people are like, I have a tough schedule. I can only do in the evenings. And so it'd be somebody that is able to do that time slot that they're looking for. Um, also, a lot of, some people are more like, I want to do it a few times a week with private lessons, or they are only a once a week type person, depending upon how busy they are. So when we're, when we're kind of thinking of fitting people with the right trainer, generally I'm good at the evening stuff just because my husband and his schedule. And then... <laughs> Some people don't like to do the evenings. They like to get it done really early and work through the day. Yeah. <laughs> for me, when I'm look, a couple of things that I look for when I'm looking for a trainer. Um, first, really flexibility with schedule, yes. Mm -hmm. And also flexibility sometimes with finance. So if it's in Fort Walton Beach or Destin, it's not a huge big deal. But especially in our area, not everybody can afford five, $6,000 for training. Um, and that's not saying that it's expensive, but it's a lot of money to cough up front. So having, you know, like a split plan or, you know, some kind of payment plans really, really helps because everybody's going to own a dog. You know, you want every single dog, hopefully to get trained. You can't tell somebody don't own a dog because they're going to own it anyway. So you might as well have some kind of flexible payments for, to help them out. Yeah. Um, a second thing would be confidence and that's different than conceited so when the trainer tells me i'm the best and i know every single thing there is to know about dog training i immediately run away because right. in my mind you never know everything you know somebody always knows something that you want to listen to you need to have an open mind about different tools and different techniques you haven't seen it all somebody in germany might be doing something different than you and that's okay and there's nothing wrong with you trying to understand that so when somebody tells me i'm the best i know everything uh, i'm i'm a little bit sketchy how about that so somebody that's down to earth and saying i'm very confident with all breeds um i take every dog like they are an individual and I tailor my training to that specific personality. That's who I'm going to look for. No, and I think that's a, a great, um, a great thing to bring up is I like service dogs, pet dogs, and behavior mods, similar to what you guys are doing there. But even in those, I don't take everything. Like I don't do guide dogs. So if somebody needs a guide dog, that's not me. 
Um, but I like to do the medical alert and mobility, the PTSD, the psych dogs. Like I like to do those for the service dog work. Um, if somebody comes to me with a human aggressive giant dog, we're starting with private lessons. If they can't do private lessons, too bad. I'm not. I'm not doing it because I don't want to take a, a giant human aggressive dog into the boot. It's not fun for me. Uh, Rich doesn't mind it. He'd rather have that than the dog who pees all over the place. Which is another one that body <laughs> training is a pain because it's just getting him out and going through a bunch of rolls of paper towels. Um, which is fun. You know, that is just a matter of that consistency and getting them out. And some dogs, you know, if they have had that bad history, as you guys know, right, they just, they pee, you take them outside and you wait and you wait and you wait and you wait and you wait. And they don't pee, you bring them in the house for five minutes and they pee all over the place. And you're thinking, so you've been trained yeah. to pee. Right? Uh, you know, so there's some things just aren't fun. Right now we have four, maybe five on, on Friday, service dogs in. All service dogs. It's super great because we don't have a lot of the issues that we often have. And so this is kind of like heaven. If we can have, you know, four or five service dogs in all the time, it would just be amazing. Yeah. You definitely find what you're interested in more so. Like some people like the aggression cases or the service dogs or like the puppies. I primarily work with the younger ones, but I love those. <laughs> I love those energetic puppies. Um, the puppy brat, and I'm not a fan of the puppy stage, so I like my walking cases. Everybody has a preference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and that's the best thing is to find out what it is and work that. I've talked to a lot of trainers who they want to go with, um, like, say their hearts and whatever protection sports, right? But they know they have to do pet dogs because that's where the money is, and so they kind of give it their uh, you know half-assed job. And I'm like, no, like, find a way to build out what you're doing to make it successful for you, you know, don't do something you hate just because there's money in it. Right, right, yep. And, and it happens, and it happens way too often. We don't like yeah, it. be passionate about what you're doing and what you're taking, or else um, it's not a good fit. If you're not passionate about it, then it's just not gonna be a good fit for you or the, the dog or the owner, of course. For a quick example, um, most vet techs, they don't get paid much at all but we do it because we love it. Um, I get paid more from my training than I do working at the vet hospital, but I still work at the vet hospital because I love that side of it. I love being able to help dogs in crisis. I love gaining knowledge from different veterinarians. What if something happened to my dog? I want to know how to correct it. What if something happened to my client's dog? I want to know the emergency procedures because it's, 45 minutes to get to an emergency vet. Um, so I like that side. So it's not always about the money. Um, and it's about fulfillment. And for me, that's oh, what totally. Yeah. You, yeah, you need to fulfill your yourself before you can think about it. Right. You know, what you want to do. But yeah, that's, and, and like I said, whenever it is, it's not because like, oh, I like the pet dogs getting them, you know, like where they've got something to do. You know, I talked to a few here, they're just like, because there's no money in this, so I have to do the pets. And I'm like, no, no, you don't. Find something else to do, you know, find a way to make it work. And and how we actually got our service dog program started, because uh, I had done service dogs for years. So people would come and they do some groups or they do some privates or they do a boot camp, but we didn't have a full comprehensive program. And I was at Disney working uh, with one of, you know, with two service dogs. I was there with one of my trainers and we had two, you know, a dog each with us. And I thought, you know, it'd be really cool 
would be to get paid to come to Disney and work dogs. Not to get paid to work at Disney, to get paid to come to Disney with the dogs. I'm like, how do I do that? I'm like, I'm going to have to put together a full service dog program. And one of the things that it can include is like a weekend at Disney type of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's how we started with that one. Um, so basically the service dog program started because I wanted to go to Disney with dogs. <laughs> I love it. You have to start somewhere. It all starts with a dream yeah. and then of course it eventually becomes something great. Yeah. And I think that's what's happened with Infinity Canine. You know, yeah. Casey wanted to work on her own. She wanted to train dogs and use all the tools instead of just one way. She started doing it a year later. You have three and now four trainers. And it's expanding, so it all it all starts somewhere with something small. Yep, yep, it has to. Yeah, and that's one of the things I just told Rich coming back from um, my second Nipopo Silver School. Uh, I brought candy and came back, and you know we found out last week Gypsy's probably not pregnant. Um, we went to you have to do an ultrasound and echo of her heart, and uh, we're like, hey, can you kind of like see if she has puppies? And she's like, well, I'm a cardiologist, not you know an OB for dogs, but let me check it and see. And she says, we didn't see any puppies. Yeah. So Aww. she will be around mid-December. And uh, it looks like it's not happening this time. So I was kind of disappointed. And, you know, our goal is to breed Gypsy and then to breed uh, Candy the Doberman as well. And I said, what would you think about getting a, a Malinois female and breeding a litter of mouths or two? And he's like, no, you're crazy. I'm like, well, not for service dogs. But I'm like, they're fun. They're just so much fun to train. And like they've got the energy to keep going. As long as so, uh, so like he's like nine months old now. So like we have some time, but I, I've already kind of like planting the seeds because you need to do that. Yeah, I bred Matu, and I have the mom, the dad, and two of the puppies. Okay, um, not fun. <laughs> Seven weeks of age, I could not confine them in anything. And <laughs> Four weeks of age, Boomer figured out how to get out of his whelping box. Um, at seven weeks of age, Issa, my female, my only female, figured out how she can back up, get a running start, jump over the fence, put her front paws over the fence, and climb the rest of the way. <laughs> there was no kenneling them anymore. So I, I well, no fencing them off. So I had to start kenneling, kennel training them. Yeah. yeah. It was fun, but I won't do it again. <laughs> I now. One of the things I tell people is when we got Gypsy at eight weeks old, she was so bitey and mouthy. It was just constantly, she's my golden, right? So it was constantly, you know, bitey, bitey, bitey. We got Django, there was none of that. And I was expecting it because I'm thinking if a golden was so bitey, how bad is an Alan puppy going to be? Uh, our last Malinois arrow, we got around eight months old, six, seven, eight months old, somewhere around there. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking, oh, you know, he was pretty good there. Yeah, he was really good. Django's just, he's really stepping up to the plate right now, which is super. Because he was at the point when he was about six months old, I was ready to just get rid of him. If somebody would have come and said, I love him, I would have said, he's yours. Take him. But um, but we're past that point. <laughs> it takes, I mean, they do become the, one of the most loyal dogs I've ever met. But Duco, my oldest male, he was, I swear he was the devil incarnate. He was crazy. <laughs> You could not keep that dog confined in anything. That dog, I could not house train this dog. Oh, I could not. I could run this dog five miles in wooded area. He would sleep ten minutes. By the time we got home, 
he was bouncing off the walls. I was like, what is this? I knew nothing about Belgian mouse then. Well, I learned very quickly. <laughs> but now he's amazing. All he wants to catch somebody to throw the frisbee for him and to be in somebody's arms. So you never really know. If you raise them correctly, they will be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, we get a lot of people who want them as service dogs. Or German Shepherds. I'm like, no, not for your first one. No, not for your first one. Please yeah. don't. <laughs> Especially with yeah. first dog period. Uh, she loves her mouth. There's a Malin one named Doc up in uh, Chicago area. And he's he's so super. I can't wait to meet him. Um, so, yeah. And, um, and service dog wise, uh, we'll wait for Casey to get back here. Um, hopefully she can hear. But uh, one of my yeah. questions is, is what do you tell your clients to look for? Or what do you tell people to look for uh, when it comes to service dog trainers? Because a lot of trainers claim to train service dogs, but they do a job at it. Yeah, <laughs> we agree. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I want to be into service dog training eventually. I'm working my way up to it. I'm attending your seminar. So hopefully so that will really help. But um, she's the primary service dog trainer, but I do help and see some of her cases and um it's funny kind of people that come and they're like oh my dog's already a service dog they just need a little bit of touch-up work really yeah. <laughs> um and then also i help with the evaluations of kind of going through the basic and um the testing out to see if they would be a good fit as like a younger puppy and before we hand it over to her good good that's i do like starting them as young puppies so they don't learn naughty behaviors um, but I like doing this as private sessions. And then they can come to group two because a lot of it is just that rinse, what is it, wash, rinse, and repeat. You know, that yeah. people say, you know, like, take them outside, bring them back inside, calm in the house, act them outside. Come on, let's keep it rolling. Take them outside and potty them. You know, yes, they're going to whine in the crate. Um, but I feel like to get their most bang for their buck, um, you know, it's easy stuff until they're about six or seven months old. You know, because yeah. it's it's introducing the right things. Like, no, you don't rub their nose in it when they potty in the house. No, don't hit them in the head with the newspaper. You know, yes, you have to get them outside before they potty, hopefully. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, if they are whining in the crate because you've been gone for longer than you were expecting and they have to potty, just get them outside now. Mm -hmm. um, but, but you know, a lot of people think that service dog training is <laughs> having a service dog that got me into training in the first place make, makes it a lot easier for why do you want to use me as your trainer is because I live it. Uh, and, and a lot of people don't. And it's hard whenever they don't do it to, to understand what it is. What have you found that you would do with a pet dog that you don't do with the service dog or vice versa? The difference between pet and service dogs is puppies or as adult, an adult dog. I think like service dogs have to have like ironclad temperament, whereas pet dogs really don't. Because like, do you really have to take your pet dog to Walmart? No, right? Well, like a service dog, you have to have, you know, even though we see it all the time, but you know, a service dog, you have to have ironclad temperament. God forbid a kid walks up, grabs that dog's tail and yanks, you know, to high heaven. Like that dog can't turn around and react in any type of way versus where if, a, if that happened to a pet dog, everybody would be like, oh, the kid was wrong. Well, obviously the kid was wrong, right? But as a service dog, they have to be able to kind of turn the other cheek and be like, okay, kid, we're cool. You know, you goofed, I'll, I got this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and as far as like choosing the right service dog trainer, I think that a lot of it comes down to, has that person ever trained a service dog before? 
What skill set do you have? What tasks do you know how to train? Because the thing is that if you're not task training, is it really a service dog or is it a glorified ESA? Exactly. Right? Yep. So, you know, it comes down to what tasks have you trained? How do you train those tasks? Right. I always encourage people like you don't have to choose me. You don't have to choose us. Right. But if you're going to choose somebody, at least do research. Right. Because if, you know, the trainer down the street, I don't know. Right. Says to you, yeah, I think I can do it. Ugh, right. And then you're going to spend thousands of thousands of dollars just to have to go find another trainer in the long run anyway, that actually can do it. Right. So by the time that you make your way full circle back to a trainer who has done it, because you've tried this cheap trainer, that trainer, that trainer, that trainer, by the time that you come back full circle and you come to somebody who's done it before, you've already spent thousands of dollars. So when I tell you our prices, you're like, Whoa, girl, I can't. <laughs> You know, and not just that, but you also have to think about what has that trainer done to reinforce, let's say, an unwanted service dog behavior. You know, what have they reinforced? You know, what have they punished? What have they, you know, done with this dog where now you have to reconstitute or reshape that behavior that the dog wouldn't have had to begin with? Right. So, yeah. One of the things that we see around here, because we do, you know, pet friendly restaurants as a group a lot of times. And, uh, you know, the restaurants are great and they want to bring you out, you know, a bowl of water for your dogs. Uh, and, you know, which if it's the pet stuff, if it's after we've done group class and we all go out, possibly, preferably with the service dogs, we don't. Even if it's hot outside, even if, uh, you know, you're sitting there and they offer, we say no. Uh, because I don't want them eating or drinking in a restaurant, even if it's on the patio of a restaurant. I don't like to use food. Someone asked me, I had put a picture of Django up yesterday uh, doing a, a down while we were at a Mexican restaurant. And the question was, do you give him something to chew on while he's there? No, he's like nine months old. He knows better. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to have to entertain him. I'm not going to bring a chew for him while we're at a restaurant at that age, especially. Um, I try not to... Um, to even use a lot of food while I'm in, especially restaurants, because what's the, really the difference between me giving him a little more full of food and me giving him a piece of steak for my plate, yes. you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, one thing I do train them, which people thought I was crazy for this, is we'll train a, uh, a go find it. So I'll have food, right? And I'll teach him to go find it. And it helps to reset the dog and it gets them a little more active if I need some more motivation. And, uh, and I, I've had service dog people and who thought they could train service dogs uh, tell me, you know, well, you teach them to eat off the floor. And you don't want a service dog to eat off the floor. I know that one. And I tell them, no, this isn't about service dogs eating off the floor. It's them going to get what I told them to get. Like, it's totally different. Mm -hmm. um, it's not the same thing at all. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's totally different. And that's kind of how that goes. Um, yeah. We do have a couple... Um, Things here. Um, Nicole says, how many service dogs do you think someone should have trained from start to finish before taking clients? This was something I worried about. It takes so long to train each service dog. I started offering service dog training this year, but I've only trained four service dogs, and I'm working on my fifth because you can't see all of it on there. Um, for that, what I started, so I had Boo. Boo was my side husky who we had found and trained up, and it was my first dog ever. Well, second dog, like it was like ours, not like the family dog, like Rich and I's. And uh, I had people coming up to me, asking me questions, asking me for help. And she's actually the dog that got me into professional dog training. Uh, and so you have to start somewhere. 
So what we did is we started whatever people would come up to me because they knew I had a dog and well, I want to do privates or I want to do group or when we were doing boot camp. So we started small. I don't offer fully trained service dogs because I don't think they're ever fully trained. Um, and I don't, I know if I have a dog living with me for at least six months, they're going to be my dogs. So whenever Gypsy and Candy have puppies, uh, we are going to hold some back and do some service dogs or some finished service dogs because I will know about them. Um, their temperaments and everything. That's not something that I currently do because of that. So I think taking the bits and pieces in the chunk, especially Nicole, since you have had four dogs that you've done from start to finish, um, you know, working with you know, I think that's definitely the way to go. Uh, and then I know you've also done workshops. I know you've gone down to Texas for the diabetic alert dog. You know, you're keeping up with, with what it is to do. I'm sure you play with that stuff with your own dogs, even if you might not need it. You know, that's what I like to see, what I like to see and look for. Do you guys have anything to add? No, I mean, I did a handful before. And then, you know, like you said, just kind of did it on my own dogs and stuff like that. And I think that a lot of it comes with confidence. If you don't feel confident and comfortable in training diabetic alert, then don't train diabetic alert. Start yourself out with just what you're comfortable with, mm -hmm. right? So like when I started, I started training dogs for PTSD because I have a military background. I lived in a military community. That was the biggest thing that we saw, you know? And it was interesting and enlightening to me to be able to see these, these veterans who, you know, can't go out in public and, you know, have this anxiety and depression. And then you get a dog around them and it's like, boom, they're just a whole better version of themselves. You know, yeah. and that's just something that therapy can't do for you, oh, yeah. you know? So for me, like when I was comfortable saying, yeah, okay, I can train anxiety alert. I can train deep pressure therapy. I can train blocking cover. That's when I started offering it as a professional service, right? Oh, now I can you know, I go into the next task. Okay, can I train brace? Can I train counterbalance? If I can't, how do I learn it, right? Who can teach me? What can I watch? What can I do? How can I practice? Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. And then you just confident in each individual task and as you build you start offering those tasks you know in addition to the tasks that you've already offered yeah oh definitely we've had um i remember the first time i had uh, a dog uh for hearing alert and i told him so i haven't done this before but like i'm game to do it if you are i know how to break down tasks i know how to do that you tell me what you want and we'll see if we can do it right. uh, and i also had a woman march or anything at all who um, her daughter was blind and she wanted a, a service dog. And I said, I don't train guide dogs, you know, go to Southeastern guide dogs. You know, that's who we recommend because I don't do that. And she says, well, she really wants me to train her up a dog. And I'm like, well, that's great. But I don't do that. Like, I don't know how to do that. I'm not even like, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. Uh, and while there's going to be time to learn that, it's not right this second. And she's arguing with me over why I needed to train her up a service dog for her daughter. And she's like, well, what do you train for? So I'm listing her off some tasks. And she says, well, retrieve. You train a retrieval. Can you train that for me for a service dog? Because she's blind and she's always dropping things. Oh, no. <laughs> you just <laughs> wanted to kind of blind And I'm like, ma'am, this isn't like, I'm, I'm tired of being nice at this point. So I just hang up on her. 
And then she's like, calls me back. Did you just hang up on me? And I'm like, yes, because you're not getting the hint. It was just crazy. <laughs> it was the one of the weirdest phone calls, not the, but one of the weirdest phone calls. Uh, the one you get, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So here, Deb has a question. Is it, I've trained 10 dogs, 100 dogs, or I've spent so many hours and completed so many certifications. Um, how do you know? So with us, because we do the pet dogs as well, um, we've trained, I stopped counting at like 3,000 dogs because I just got done counting. Um, a whole bunch. Um, and I don't even have all of them. I have a bunch of them on our website that are service dogs, but I don't have every single one. Um, some people, some clients, it was so weird. I didn't even know that they were training their dog up for a service dog until like I saw them post something on Facebook or Instagram. And I'm like, why don't you tell me? Like, you know, I do this. Um, for certifications, I am a certification junkie. Uh, I was just talking to my son about that. And he says, well, at least I don't go after every certification out there. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But you could. You could be like me and get every certification you can find. That's, um, That's literally me. I like every certification. I like to know as much as I possibly can. I'm all about reading and learning and watching. Just every productive moment I can have is learning, basically. Like Animal Planet and Audible books. Like I don't just waste time. I'm, I'm learning the whole time. That's perfect, Anna. That's I call it in Self because yeah. she makes all of she the handouts really for like my business, her business. I have like, God, probably at least yeah. 20 handouts for people. Well, I hate you want a handout, you name it. She's got it. <laughs> I just want to like, if I'm sitting there watching TV, I want it to be something productive, whether I'm working on something or I'm watching something. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I like that. And, and that's my <laughs> thing with laptops too, is you could be part of the group, but still working on your thing, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's really yeah. important to like keep an open mind and always educate yourself um, just on anything, really. Yeah. Just as, as much knowledge as you can get on dogs or dog training or pet mm -hmm. sitting or whatever it might be. Yeah. At least you're, you're gaining something out of the knowledge. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd like to see it whenever people are continuing with their education. If it's going to, you know, workshops, seminars, schools, mm -hmm. conferences, you know, what are you doing to continue? Uh, you know, or are you saying, I know everything, as we had talked about earlier, I know everything, there's nothing anybody can teach me that's new. Um, so many people asked, whenever they found out I was going to need Popo for the first time, well, why are you doing that? You don't train protection and sport dogs. I'm like, it's not for, it's for every dog. And then whenever I went back a second time, because I did silver and then gold, and then I did silver again. And people were asking why I was doing uh, a second silver. Like, did I not pass the first time? And I laughed at them um, because yes, I passed with flying colors, but you know, you really think you got it all one time, you know, no, 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 no. Uh, you know, it, it, you need a few times to fully sink in. That's how I feel about Marina. Like there's still so much I need to know from yeah. her. <laughs> Even right. though I had already attended her other one, it's just that a second time is not going to hurt. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to bring the same dog or are you just going to bring different dogs? Yeah. I'll probably bring Jordan again. Yeah. Just because she is my, my better dog under stress. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Casey? I'm probably going to do Arctic. My other two dogs are like nine. So they're kind of like getting up there into that mode. That um. mo I just want to sleep on the couch and kind of go for daily walks and do like itty bitty bits of training. Like, so Arctic's kind of my go-to right now until I can convince my husband to let me have a puppy. <laughs> or I'm 
iguana hurt dogs. <laughs> yeah, you can do that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, clients who always offer if you need to take a dog, you can always take my dog. And I'm like, oh, I charge you for that too. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the money. No. Right. Uh, no, that's, um, I've talked to people and that's how some of them would do some different workshops and schools and stuff is they talk to the client, they get the client to, you know, pay, basically pay for the extended time, you know, for the travel and everything because they're taking their dog. And I'm like, dude, that's pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so I like to see someone who's continuing learning, who doesn't say, you know, I've got it all. I'm good. Uh, questions are fine. Um, we have a, a, a professional woman's Facebook group. Uh, you know, it's not open to the general public, but, you know, we ask questions in there all the time and some of them might seem silly, but for somebody it's not silly, you know, yeah. so if you're not going to post it in a, in a private public place like that, you know, just at least reach out. Um, Marina, actually, I've reached out to her. I reach out to Michael, Bart's wife. Um, I reach out to Jackie, you know, I'm like, I need to know what's going on with this. Marina had um, talked about, do you remember um, Casey and Anna, do you remember at her, um, when she was up in New Jersey, North Carolina, New Jersey, why would she be in New Jersey? <laughs> talking that there's, um, ideally in a pack, there's six dogs because then everybody has their own position. And then she's talking about like the alpha and the omega and then like the high, middle and low betas. Yep. That was super and, interesting. Um, that was really cool. Right. And so Karen and I kind of look at each other because I've not heard of this. So I come home and I'm trying to find it on the computer and I can't find anything about it. So I message her and I'm like, Marina, remember whatever you said about this? I, I can't find anything and I'm really interested because, you know, we have five dogs. So if I can talk Rich into getting a six, like, <laughs> number, like I am for that. And so she's like, yeah, it, it's something that's hers and she needs to, you know, put it on paper. And, yeah, and that would be great. Please do. I try to look into it as well, like Amazon, Googling what type of books for the, you know, social status and could not find anything. But I was super interested in that type of thing because I was like, wow, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Right. Well, find more information. <laughs> and we yeah. saw a classic case because like um, Megan, her female Malinois is a beautiful, what Marina describes as a classic alpha dog she can control we had 10 dogs at megan's uh, property one day videos on um facebook if anybody wants to go see it it's just 10 dogs crazily running around mm -hmm. the lake swimming. Um, <laughs> swimming and having a ball and her female malinois controlled the dock that was at the lake and with a glance she was actually able to tell anna's dog jordan to kind of back up you know and it was just it was amazing yeah. and i'll let you add in on that one so um, <laughs> i mean really you can see it just with my pack um, so I've got my female and there's a reason why I only have one female. She's a brat, but she really does control the pack. Um, so I would never really take her without taking at least one of my males. Um, her and my oldest male are bonded. They're a bonded pair. Um, so I always try to have them together, but you have her, which is my alpha female. Then you have my oldest male, which is the alpha male. However, my alpha male listens to my female, no matter what. Um, just an example, when she had puppies, she was in my bedroom with the whelping box because she would not stay out in the living room. So I had to move everything into the bedroom next to my bed. Um, when she had the puppies, Duco came in, which is my oldest male, sniffed her, 
made sure she was okay. And they literally glanced at each other for about 10 seconds. And then you see him backing up, turning around, went to the front of my bedroom, laid there. And that's where he stayed the entire time. Would not come into that bedroom, even when we tried to coach him in. I don't know what it was about that communication, but she basically told him, these are my puppies, you need to stay away. So he did. Um, and now you can almost see if my two youngest boys are fighting, we call them the twins, play fighting, jumping on each other. And then my female, when she's had enough of it, she actually jumps in the middle. They stop. They literally go and lay down, which is amazing. I never taught them these things, but I have supervised over the pack and they've been able to almost create their own. And I've allowed that as long as it is within my rules and within my boundaries. They've been able to problem solve together, you know, come up with their rules and things like that. But it's amazing just to watch like their day to day interactions. And they can all be together. I can go to work from 7.30 in the morning until 5.30 in the afternoon if I have to. They do not tear anything up. There's no fights. You know, there's none of that. And it's four mouths living in the same house together. How old are the puppies? Um, they are four now. They just turned four on September 25th. Oh, wow. Four years. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, it's really cool. Like you wouldn't expect it to be able to work, but it works. And they're all like super social with other dogs. Like I said, I mean, we've had 10 dogs at our property and everybody gets along great. Good. You know, you control it up, uh, you know, beforehand. But of course, that's like way off topic for this. But when Marina gets that, um, <laughs> that thing going. Right. <laughs> but what's really great, though, about my pack is Boomer, my one of the puppies. The original puppies, I didn't have him for three years. So he was returned to us by their previous owner. Okay. So he came in last December, but he's been able to integrate like he never left, which good. has been pretty amazing. Yeah. Good, good. Uh, yeah, that's we. Uh, I've never brought a litter. So whenever Gypsy or Candy do theirs, it'll be the first time. Nice. And I'm excited, a little bit nervous, and then kind of finding out that I have. A, a six month break before I really have to worry about it is a little bit easier. <laughs> like we've got everything. It has been so crazy busy because we had IACP conference in September, Marina in October, Lipopo in uh, November, and then we have. Hi, honey. I'm, I'm on live. Okay, good. <laughs> that was my son that was my 18 year old he's letting me know that he's he's gonna finish eating and he's gonna feed the dogs and take them out and, and do some come when called in the dark so i'm like okay they need to come when called in the dark too <laughs> that work. um he used to be very cautious you know if i was doing a, a podcast or a facebook and he kind of isn't anymore <laughs> just it's normal day life for him Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think he's like, you know, you're doing it again. Yes. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, Nicole, I am wearing my finger kick. I've got the remote right here. It's usually in my pocket, but it's right here. And Django is sleeping up in bed like a good boy. Good. Uh, Nicole just ordered her first chameleon. So it got out in the mail today and we're super stoked. Exciting. I can't wait for her to get it. Ryan. Yeah. 
And I mean, it's I a great tool. Um, if you want to spend the money to get it, um, you know, some of our clients just really cannot afford that type, but yet they need, you know, just something for off-leash recall and they can't afford the expense of it. So if they can get it, that's great. Um, but if not, we do offer something cheaper. Oh, so do we. But the safety that the chameleon has that it offers is unparalleled. Yes. The fact yeah. that I know that they make contact, so I don't have to worry about the unintentional stem. Uh, the yeah. fact that if they get wet through rain or puddles or whatever, that it's not going to zap them two to three times as high and have issues because it, it checks that. Those two things alone are worth it, let alone the fact that I don't have to have a remote in my hand all I got is in my thumb. Yes, exactly. So that means I can be much more consistent because people are lazy. I know. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of times it's the um, remote and it does scare them a little bit. So you can take that out of the equation. So, so uh, what's next for you girls? What you doing? <laughs> Lots. Yeah. Where do you want to start? <laughs> we got big goals. Yeah. <laughs> So one of the things that we've been talking about kind of um, offering after Marina's seminar is basically a proprioception class, like a group class where we're going to have, actually my husband is building a whole bunch of equipment for us. At the um, and we're going to have like, a, a, you know, a group class, whether it be like out at Megan's property, which is actually a really great place for proprioception because she has a lake, she has a dock, she has like high level, low level. It's just, it's an incredible place. Um, she's got woods with water and streams. It's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful property. Um, but eventually we want to start offering like a group class in proprioception to basically start giving back to clients and just be like, Hey, this is pretty, you know, low commitment stuff. Come out, let us help you increase your dog's trainability, improve their mental state of mind, you know, and get them some exercise and have some fun at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, what else are we talking about? I still <laughs> want to write a book. Oh, that? Yeah. <laughs> like you we're suggested, doing that. but um, we're working on it. Yeah. We're going to start doing more podcasts like like this. This was kind of, hopefully, my thought was this was going to be kind of our intro into videos because all three of us are like, videos? No. Um, <laughs> so that's so common, especially for women. And then, like, these guys who are uh, and drunk and uh, you know, they get up there and they're making all these videos, then people all know them. I mean, not all, everyone does that, but you know, it's like, wait a minute here. Like women can do better and they're much prettier. So, yeah, so that's a goal of ours for sure, um, to start offering that kind of stuff. And then of course, our biggest thing that we have going on right now that's currently in the works is that um, adding that extra trainer out there so that we're actually gonna be all the way across the panhandle. So from, you know, Defuniac all the way over to Pensacola, um, we're going to have a trainer that's going to be basically in that area that can help, you know, um, Anna is primarily our Crestview trainer. Megan and I tend to take like Fort Walton beach, you know, um, Destin, Niceville, Valpy, all those surrounding areas. And then of course, Ashley, um, our newest trainer who she's like, she's ready to go. She just got trained up. So we're just trying to get her some clients. Um, she's going to be in Navarre, Gulf Breeze, Pensacola, Milton, uh, pace and anything over in that area. In she, City. yeah, we just need to go into Panama City. <laughs> but you know, eventually, <laughs> goals, life goals. <laughs> right? No, so goals are fantastic. I love goals. I do a lot with goal setting um, because I think we need it. And I've done some in the women's group. If you Google it um, or search it for the group, I guess googling it in a Facebook group doesn't happen. But I do, and I love that you have them and that you're thinking out you know, as well, because a lot of people will do a lot of short-term goals 
And then whenever they're reached, the people are like, I don't know what to do next. So I love that. I do that every year, sometimes multiple times a year. You know, we have to have goals because if not, I find I just get stagnant, you know, and like nothing happens. And then Anna, about your book too, one of the things with it is it will always change. So, you know, you're going to, what you do today isn't what you're going to want to have in it in six months from now. So what I tell people is like, put it together and go, and you can always go back and edit it and then re-upload it or, you know, redo yeah. it for the new yeah, content. Yeah. yeah. But we have so many goals. Like, I feel like we have so much stuff that we want to do. It's hard to keep track of. And like, we're all over the place with everything because we just need to like, need to organize it and like, actually, but we are doing pretty well with our goals. It's yeah. just that. We just have so many. It's hard to keep. We have a lot of short-term and long-term goals, okay. so we're we're trying to focus on both, but also trying to focus on the short term so we can go ahead and get it started, and then slowly work up to that long term. Yeah, yeah. Big, busy. Let's just put it that way. Oh, we it's should do vision board. Yeah. Guys, before we finish the last thing we said yeah. we were going to do. What the heck? You know, right? focus um, over the past couple months has been getting Ashley trained. Now that she's kind of out on her own and. I'm um, going to be doing all the awesome stuff down in uh, her area. Now we can start focusing a little bit more, hopefully, on the book, the group classes that we want to offer, mm -hmm. um, all that other stuff that we've been discussing. Um, but, yeah, a lot of stuff in the works. <laughs> awesome. I like hearing that. I think that's perfect. Uh, yeah, this year, Rich is going to Silver, Nipopo Silver in March. We just made the payment yesterday. It went through, sent the contract in, so he is set for that. I would love to go. But it's leaving. I know he's he's 18, and that's technically an adult. But leaving my son here with everyone for a week, um, and while we're across the country, it's not like we're in the town next to to us, you know, or like an hour away that we could drive here if something happens. I'm like, it's across the country. Right. So I would love to go. So I need to find somebody who wants to to stay at the house here with him. Use <laughs> my mind a little bit. Uh, so that's him. Um, there is a silver in. Well, that's the silver. There's two golds coming up. Uh, there's one in April, which I'm definitely going to go to. And then there's one in July, which Rich will go to. And I would like to go there as well. And then we have conference. You know, conference um, IACP is down here in uh, Clearwater this year. What are you talking about going? We want to go. Uh, <laughs> we're waiting for Black Friday tickets, I think, is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> we're hoping that they put something up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm hoping. It's so I'm close like, for us. It's like an yeah. hour. We're going. Yeah. We're going this year. I'm excited. Good, good, good. Like seven hours, but like we could all carpool and it's too easy. I mean, like the three of us live within like five to 10 minutes of each other. Like it's too easy. I'm over at the house all the time. But <laughs> could you imagine the goals that we could come up with in seven hours? <laughs> right? That's why we need a book to write things down. Oh, look what Karen got for me. She got one for each of us, for her and I. We found this when we were in Missouri. It's follow your dreams. So she yeah, she's yeah. like, I need to get this. I can't not get one of these for each of us. It's, it's literally the joke now because in the 12-hour car ride back from Marina's seminar, Anna and I revamped Infinity K9 from the ground up. Yeah. To <laughs> we redesigned every, every package, every program, the whole thing in 12 hours. That's all we did. I don't think we like took a breath. I don't think we did. the 12 hours. Because we're like, we were oh, we can add this or we can add that. And, All these know. ideas. Yeah. And so it was funny <laughs> because it, the car ride went so quick. Like, next thing you know, I'm like pulling up to my house. I'm like, wow, <laughs> that was the fastest car ride I've ever been on. Because yeah. everything that we did. Because then we revamped A and J, her pet sitting yeah. service. We, we did Infinity the K9 and then we did A and J. We're like, oh, what I can change, what we can do better over here. 
So yeah, <laughs> the things we can accomplish in a car ride. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, Karen and I. So one of the things we did when we went to um, Missouri for Nipopo, uh, we were there for ten days. And so we got there a few days early just so we could settle in and everything. And then we had a few days afterwards because if not, we had to do um, much longer flights. These were direct flights. So I'm like, well, I'll stay an extra day for a direct flight because it's just so much easier for everybody, um, let alone myself, not just the dogs. Uh, but while we were there, we we had time. And so we went through some the stuff. We're doing the dream dog stuff. We're doing the hope service dog stuff. Um, and one of the things that we decided to do for Hope, um, and we use it for dream dogs as well, is put together a packet of information because we start puppies for service work as young as eight weeks old. But the problem is like, what do you work on? Every dog's a little bit different, but we have things that we like to see here and there and where can you put this in? So we start putting all that together. So it's like two months old, you know, what should they be working on? Three months old, what should they be working on? Four months old, what should they be working on? So we did the first year up to 12 months old, which you know, for most dogs, that's pretty decent. And then we have like 18 months old and two years old and then on up. So I'm thinking like, it'll be like, what, 14 pages tops? No, we're, I think, at page 39 right now. <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess I have my next book. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. I could write a book off of my CDC certificate, my certified dog trainer's like certificate that I'm going for. I got 20 pages deep, but I'm still going. I'm like, oh, wait. For IACP, that one? Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. That's what I tell everybody is whenever you're doing it and putting it all together, keep it and then move everything for like sit and make sure because what you have to do for that is you have to step it out step by step by step as somebody who does with their dogs. Yeah. So you can't say like, I clicked for a sit. You have to say like how you use a clicker, what a clicker is, what it is you're looking for, when you would push the button. And with all that detail, put it all together and don't because so many people just when they're done with it, they send it off and they're like, whoa, I'm not touching that again. <laughs> Anna, Anna, put it into a book. And, and oh, that's okay, I'm working on it. Right. What we did for our first, you know, first we started with stapling things together for people. Here you go. Here you go. Uh, and then we got a, a um, plastic comb thing. I use technical terms, but it's kind of like one of these, but plastic. You know, like what you do for, um, you have the copy place do to submit like something for college. And so it has like its own cutter and then you open up the comb thing and you put it in there. So we had these comb books for people for the longest time. And then we got a booklet stapler, which isn't a normal stapler. It's a booklet stapler. And it will, um, when you print up everything, you, you get it all, you know, nice together and you just go and you staple it all that way. So then we had these booklets that we were handing to people, but that was expensive for printing because they, they were pretty big at the time. Uh, so what I did there is I uploaded it to Amazon Create Face, and I said, yeah, you can sell it on Amazon. And, uh, and then we just order extra ones for our clients. So we did that for a while. And you know what's really cool is when you do an event and you have books out with your picture on the back of it. Whenever we sit down for clients, I'd give them the book and they'd look at me a little crazy and like turn around and look at it. They're like, you're on here. And I'm like, I know I am. That's why you're getting it. Yeah. Um, now, because we have the online course and we have people from across the country doing it. So we just, it's a PDF to download. And then I'm like, then it's always on your phone. You know, you want something, you just pull it up and you search whatever word you're looking for and you don't have to leave through a book and have it with you. But you know, I still have paper copies of the books because it's awesome. We all have the PDF version because we're part of your online course too. So, right? <laughs> I, I just shared it online. Yeah. 
So. Yeah, it, it's so easy. And that's any more like I'll buy books, but I don't read them. I'm like, give it to me as an audio book or as a digital book to read on my phone. And I will read that sucker, but give me a paper book. And it's yeah, just, yeah. I can go through like 36 hours of audible books, but yeah, like it takes me really long time to get through just a short book um, when you have to like physically hold it and go through it because then everything around me is distracting. Yeah. But to be fair, we drive a lot too. So I mean, yeah. we do mobile dog training, so yeah. we're all over the place. Yeah. And all of us yeah. live like they have in North Crestview, so we're driving anywhere between you know, 20 minutes per client mm -hmm. to yeah. and from. Yeah. So everywhere I go, just yeah. you listen as you, as you go. It, play. <laughs> Easy. Right. Now, that's the best. So um, one of the books that we had to read for Nipopo, which is basically the Nipopo Bible, is called The Talent Code. So we had to read that. So, okay, so we'll read that. Trying to read it, because I just downloaded the sample to my phone. I couldn't get past the first chapter. I think it's even just the forward. I don't even think it's a real chapter on my phone without, like, crossing my eyes and half falling asleep. <laughs> I got it on Audible and downloaded it. And Rich and I have listened to that. And now we have to listen to it again because he's going to Silver. So he has his homework he needs to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We're super, super excited to see where you guys are going next year because it is. We're, we're you know, heading up to the end of the year. And yeah. looking forward, you must not have your eyes closed. And we don't want that to happen. No. <laughs> nah. We're going places. Oh, yeah. We just don't know where yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> Over the yeah. rainbow, maybe. But no, it's all good. Uh, there we'll get there it's just like i said it's just developing everything funding everything that we want to do you know kind of like anna said like making prioritizing our goals and kind of getting us where we want to go and there's i mean there's a lot of us so we can easily kind of divide and conquer and i'm sure we'll get everything done in a timely manner yeah awesome i'm so excited cool <laughs> so it's been an hour can you believe it uh, yeah yeah time went by fast Right, it does. Is there anything that you want to say in conclusion? Um, I think mainly just thank you for everybody who yeah. listened, and you know, hopefully we'll be able to do this again with you soon, Vicky, if you're cool with it. Because yeah, is yeah, this is fun. Better than I thought. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm freaking out. I'm running around my house like ah, um, just because I had it. But yeah, just thank you for everybody who, you know, got this far and who watched it. And, you know, of course, all of Vicky's followers for being so awesome. All of our followers for being so awesome. We love you guys. We couldn't be here. We wouldn't be here without y'all. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully we're going to continue to do big things. And, you know, Infinity K9 will hopefully be, you know, right around there with Dream Dog someday. <laughs> and where can we find you at? What's your website? Um, so we're, our website is infinitykaninetraining1.com. We also have our Facebook page, Infinity Canine Training LLC, and we're on Instagram as well. What's so, your Instagram handle? Uh, Infinity Canine Training LLC, I believe. Okay. <laughs> I'm really bad at the Instagram thing. That's Ashley's job. <laughs> <laughs> and Anna, for you with the pet sitting? Uh, sure. So anjpetservices.com <laughs> and then anjpetservices LLC on Facebook. <laughs> So you can just follow our follow the journey and see cute dogs. That's what that's usually <laughs> my way of getting people to follow us is because I post a lot of cute dogs. <laughs> so that's awesome. They were adorable. Tuesday, Bernard, <laughs> it's it's fun. Those were the best. Yeah, perfect. So um, ours is Tuesday night at five thirty is our webinar. Um, Eastern Standard Time next weekend. I've got some exciting news, and this is the grand announcement for it. 
we might be live on location at McAllister's um, up here in Brownwood because um, McAllister's, the owner McAllister's, um, is teaming up with Hope Service Dogs to do a restaurant benefit for our nonprofit Hope Service Dogs. Uh, and what they're doing is from 2 to 7 p.m., everyone who comes in with either one of our flyers or with it on their phone or tells them that they're with Hope Service Dogs, um, they're donating 15% to us, um, to Hope. So we're super stoked for that to happen. We actually just got approval for the flyer and we had to wait until after seven o'clock to put it up because I don't want people going in there this, this Tuesday today and saying like, I got this flyer. So we figured we'd wait until after so we can, um, we can start announcing it and sharing it. Uh, and then we also just are getting set up with hope that you can donate through the hope website and what hope does. Cause yes, dream dogs, train service dogs, dream dogs is a for profit. And we wanted to do a not for profit as well. So we're going to do similar, but different from what we do with dream dogs, but we are still going to help owner trainers train their dog to be their service dog. Eventually we'll be able to help supply them with dogs to be trained up as service dogs. But I think a lot of it has to do with the bond that they create going through those puppy struggles together. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I like it whenever they can help and train their own dog. Uh, so we're going to do that. And our primary concern is going to be, uh, you know, veterans and then people with medical or uh, medical disabilities or mobility disabilities. So one of the things that I've been diagnosed with um, is dysautonomia and another one is Erlos Danlos. And there is no programs that I can find for service dogs for either of those that specialize in it. Mm -hmm. So we're going to hit those up. And basically, uh, this and then the uh, veterans. Uh, but basically, because of what we do, we help a lot of different people. So we're not going to try to cubbyhole ourselves, but be able to be a, a voice to sing loud and be annoying so people have to listen to us. But uh, yeah, that, that's one of my goals. Is to get yeah. it's it's great thing. Mm -hmm. I support it 100%. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. If there's anything we can do to help with your nonprofit, let us know. Um, one of our other partnering businesses, she does a monthly donation. 10% um, of all of the um, stuff that she, that she uh, gets, um, she actually donates to not-for-profit um, not organizations. Mm -hmm. So I'll have to nominate you guys next month and mm -hmm. see if she can do that for you. Um, she makes uh, dog leashes and collars. It's kind I was going to ask if it's your soft leash one. <laughs> the, the, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she's awesome. She actually does hands-free leashes for, like, service dogs and stuff. And you can customize the color, the fit. Like, you can customize the length, everything. I'll get you in touch with her. She's awesome. Mm -hmm. She's doing mine. Beautiful work. Beautiful work. Yes. Well, that's, um, and here's another fun announcement is I've talked before about getting a chair for whenever we go and do the big outings because it's so hard for me and I just, I can't function because of the, yay, dysautonomia stuff. And, uh, and so I have a wheelchair that should arrive tomorrow and the color is dysautonomia blue. So it's kind of like, the color I want my leash. <laughs> there you go. She can do it. She can do it. I'm telling you, that girl can do any color. I'll get, I'll get her, you her info and it's awesome. Okay. Perfect. And then here, Jennifer says, me either, and I have both. Yeah, so yeah, Jennifer, what we're going to do too is, you know, what you can train a dog for, because I'm on some of the dysautonomia and airless danlos groups, and at least once a week, we'll get the, does anyone here have a service dog? Would service dogs work? What would you teach a service dog? And whenever I talk to people, because I've talked to other professional trainers as well, about what I train for it. Uh, and I mean, even, even up in North Carolina, whenever Candy was doing the deep pressure therapy, Marina was like, what's she doing? Why is she doing that for you? So and she's like, you know, like if this is rude, like you don't have to answer. I'm like, no, like I'm fine answering. It's a bunch of trainers here. 
Um, but it turns out that there's a reason for that with the dysautonomia is it helps. Um, you're supposed to wear compression hose and I'm not wearing compression hose because like heat is a main trigger for me and I'm not doing it. So, um, so that helps to give that pressure on it. So your blood doesn't pull in your stomach and not, you know, pull in your stomach and get away from your head and everything else. So the deep pressure therapy helps out tremendously with that. Uh, but Sometimes, like before I knew that, I don't know why I liked it. I just liked it. So there's right. some happening. It helps out. Um, so yeah, Jennifer, we're going to be doing a bunch of stuff with, with that as well. Um, we have a couple fundraiser ideas for next year. Um, so we're going to talk to my director of fundraising and see uh, see what all we can come up with. So yeah, we would love you guys' help in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. I mean, if you want to like expand your fundraiser up this way, we can kind yeah. of take advantage help. Take a piece of it and help you guys out with your fundraiser. Let's yeah. know. We're all, all about it. Seriously. Perfect. That's what we Perfect. Like community outreach, fundraising, mm -hmm. helping, you know, not, we love it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Anything and we can pet do. services. <laughs> I just recently started it, but we'll be donating also to nonprofits. We started this month, but I'm going to do hope for an upcoming month. Awesome. We'll donate some of our funds too, just because I want to give back to the community in as yeah. many ways as you can, whether it's donating items to shelters or rescues and also some monetary donations. Yeah, no, I think it's it's huge. And that's we're already talking about what we want to be able to provide. Because I mean, face it, like I can if, if part of it's gonna be coming to group class, like what does it matter if it's you know five people or fifty people? I just need more, you know, more trainers on, on hand to handle more people. Um, but, you know, we want to be able to cover the equipment. We want to be able to do private sessions with them, you know, eventually help them out with purchasing the dog, eventually help them out with vet bills or food as needed. So we need to have the funding for that because I'm not paying for all of it. Um, but the, you know, the tools and equipment, too. So one yeah. of the things that we're going to do is if it's going to be a, a prong collar, it's going to be a Hermspringer prong collar. If it's going to be, you know, a vest or a harness type of thing, like I want it to the, be the best vests. I want it to be the best harnesses. You know, we do one for Candy in, and I'm just not wild about it. I like her bold design more, which is also like five times the amount of money as the other one is. I was really hoping this other one would work out really good. Uh, you know, like we were talking earlier, the chameleon. It's going to be the chameleon because if these are dogs out there, service dogs, we need to have the best equipment on them, uh, you know, for it. And I do train all my service dogs up on e-collar if I can. Uh, because yeah. the best trained dogs out there and what happens if you do drop the leash what happens if i do pass out public and nobody's holding on to the leash what's he gonna do right, right. Be able to be right there with me uh mm -hmm. you know and and he needs to be off leash safe off leash reliable i agree yep. yeah absolutely so perfect then i'm gonna sign off i hope you y'all have a happy happy turkey day and not work the whole time, but have some fun time with turkey and sharing it with your dog. I that's what we do. We're actually going to go to my house. We're doing a big potluck thing. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's super. Yeah, Karen's working, and we have we have like four dogs in, like I said. So it, it's not as bad, and we have a new baby cow. So we'll probably go out and play with so everyone. Adorbs. So cute. Well, thanks so much for like Thank having you. us, and hopefully we can do this with you again. Perfect. Yeah, I want to. This is fun. I like talking to people. It's better than me just talking. <laughs> <laughs> better than talking myself. <laughs> Thanks, Thank you. Thank you. guys. Good luck, and we'll be seeing where 2020 takes you. All right, we're excited. Thank you. <laughs>